Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Viv and I, we just wanted to say just we're honored to pray with you and share with you this morning. Uh, Viv and I and the rest of the team, we want to say that we're, we're thinking about you, we're praying for you, and we, we want to reach out in different ways to extend our love and our gratitude and, and extend the kingdom of God wherever you are. Uh, as we all know, this is a really unusual moment in all of our lives, uh, whether that's in, in your personal life, whether that's in our church life, or whether that's in our nation or our, in our global situation. And so these next few weeks and months are going to look and feel a little bit different. You know, it's uncharted territory for all of us here. Uh, a day is a long time during this period, isn't it? And uh, I was saying last week that this week feels like a long year. It's an extraordinary uh, moment in our time, and, and Viv and I and the rest of the team, we just have to keep reminding ourselves that no one trained us how to handle a global pandemic. We never went to school to be taught how to handle a global pandemic. And uh, we laughed out loud when a vineyard pastor in Northern Ireland said this. He said, the last time we all led a global pandemic was a couple of minutes ago. We're all learning in this season. One of the things that Viv and I have been saying is that our original vision is together bringing life to London and beyond. And this is true now as it's ever been. We're continuing this great adventure as we give ourselves away to God, give ourselves away to one another, and give ourselves away to love and serve our city. And so our mission of the church remains. It remains exactly the same. But our methods during this season, those are the things that are going to need adapting. And so this Sunday, I guess, marks a shift where we gather together virtually and serve our city locally. And we do that still through compassion and mission. We are an Isaiah, Isaiah 61 people where the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us and we give good news to, to people in our community. In the last week, it's been brilliant. In the last week, we're hearing of stories after stories happening in the life of our community, our virtual life groups that have been meeting. Uh, one life group just commented last week that it was a brilliant time when people who were ill and self-isolating were still able to connect and in worship and prayer and communion with one another. We've been hearing stories about our life groups, our worship times. You know, even this week, young people have been healed. People in our community have been receiving financial provision. And so we want to just encourage you, keep sending your stories into us. Keep telling us, keep letting us know about what God is doing through you and in you and uh, for the people in our community. And so you can do that. You can send us your stories at stories at vineyard61.org. Do send. We love, we love stories around here. Uh, for many of us, we know that uh, we're living in a time when certainty has literally been stripped away. Certainty of our future, certainty of our finances, certainty of our, our security at this time. And you know what? This is a really, really good time to be in his word. 
There's never been a time in history where it's not important to be in his word, but this time more than ever, it's really important that we spend time in the scriptures. For myself, I've been looking at the Psalms, and again, the Psalms have just been coming alive to me as I turn every page and I turn every chapter. It's like this Psalm was written today. Even though it was written thousands of years ago, the Psalms have got such great meaning. I've been just studying, meditating, Psalm 31, Psalm 46, and I could go on. And so it's really important that we stay in the Word of God during this season. If you, if you do have a Bible today, we're going to turn in a few, a few moments into Philippians 4. And as we look at that, I want you to bear in mind that much of the scriptures, much of the scriptures that we read today, much of the stories, much of the Psalms, the writings, the teachings, were all about people and written by people in captivity or in a wilderness or in prison or in slavery people who were uncertain of their future, but they trusted in God. And so this book of Philippians is a fantastic book. If you, if you want to do something over the season, read the Psalms and read Philippians. It's written by the Apostle Paul, and the book of Philippians was known as the, the captivity epistle. And Paul here, he's in prison by the Romans, and although his life seemed in, seemingly in lockdown, because he was in prison. It, and it's almost like the enemy has done everything that he can to shoot him down, to shut up his voice. He's done everything to shoot down his courage. He's done everything to keep him from having any influence in regions or in nations. He's keep, it's almost like the enemy is trying to keep him away from the people of God. But what I love about, about Paul and in his writings in this moment of captivity, he's constantly looking to the God of heavens. Through his captivity and confinement, he begins to lean into the Father. He's continuing leaning into the Father during a time of isolation. And I imagine the Father saying to him, don't worry, Paul. Don't worry, Paul. Out of this moment, something is going to spill out of your heart and of my heart that is going to influence nations for generations to come. And so this, this book, Philippians, was born out of Paul, who was in confinement. And Paul, throughout the book of Philippians, he's talking about how, how a Christian means that we're seeing our story as a living expression of the story of Jesus. Philippians, Paul, he's trying to say, he's trying to tell us, would you imitate Jesus' way of life, even in your suffering? We can be content and mimic him and draw closer to him. And so last week, I, I described what living like a non-anxious presence for our community looked like. I guess today, I'm looking at what does it look like to be a non-anxious person? Uh, you see, day-to-day -day confinement can change where we are, but it cannot change who we are. We are a people of hope, a people of faith, a people of power, and we're also a praying people. And so Paul here, the prisoner, in this moment, crafts this rule of life in Philippians 4. It crafts this rule of life for an anxious mind. He says that the church of Jesus would know his imaginable love stronger than any kind of adversity. It would be more powerful than any kind of anxiety. And it's beyond what the enemy is trying to do at this time. Um, I just want to say this. The main weapon that the enemy uses is in your mind. 
And I pray that your minds, our minds, will be freer this morning uh, than before you tuned in. And after my talk, what we're going to do is we're going to pray for those of you who tuned in. And I believe that God is going to release power, healing, and a renewed mind is, is going to be released to people here. What we'd love to do in a, in a few moments, we're going to just um, give you some, an opportunity to receive Jesus. But if you have any prophetic words, any words of knowledge, any thoughts that you have that God is wanting to release to, to people who are watching online, please do comment um, on our stream. I don't quite know how it works, but do comment and we can just uh, let other people know who are watching this live stream know that God is thinking about them. God loves them. And so we're going to read Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. I think the words are going to come up on the screen. And it says this, um, I tell you what, just where you are in your room, because we want to honour the word of God, wherever you are in the room, why don't you stand as we read the word of God together? And it says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. This is the word of God. It was given to you and me in love. Why don't you sit or stand, whatever you want to do at the moment. Uh, what I love about this is Paul, in this moment of crisis for him, is speaking to a people in a place of uncertainty in their lives. You see, Paul here, he's unsure if he's ever going to see his church family ever again. He's really in social isolation. He's really in lockdown. He's really in disconnect. But in his tone, in his voice, there's no discouragement. There's no fear. There's no anxiety. Instead, he has this unshakable contentment in a God that will establish his purpose. He knows that God is going to establish his people and give them power that they need to live in the time that they're living in now. It might be that you and I, you're wanting this same unshakable faith. It might be that although the circumstances that are around us are really uncertain, that we are asking God, give us certainty in our faith. Make us unshakable during this time. Uh, help us with our anxious minds. And so I just want to give uh, maybe three things from this scripture that can help us to be a non-anxious person. Okay, number one. Number one is we lean into hope in uncertain times. We lean into hope in uncertain times. Um, you see, uh, coronavirus is a very, very serious health risk. Um, you and I, we don't need to give any more information because uh, I don't know about your week or the last couple of weeks for you. We've been bombarded with information after information after information. My phone this morning pinged me and told me that in the last week that I'd been on my phone an extra six hours a day. So we've been bombarded with information, information, information. It's almost overload. Our hope today, though, is that when this season ends, that it's not that the markets will just rise. It's not that we'll hopefully buy some toilet rolls again in Tesco's. That's not the hope. It's not that life goes on again. It's not that the outcome of this, this season is just we get on and carry on as we were. Don't you want to emerge from this better? 
I want to be a better person. I want to be a better husband, a better father, a better friend at the end of this season. I want to be a better person than, than I was at the beginning of this season. I want to be more loving, more sympathetic towards one another. I want to be more full of faith. I want to be more connected to God and to our city. So let's do everything that we can as individuals to cultivate hope during this time. What would it look like to release hope in this time as well with our neighbours uh, in the midst of this season? I don't know about you, some of my prayers, uh, Paul here is saying, bring all your prayers and requests to God. I don't know what your prayers have been over the last months or years. Mine have been, God, would you give me a better work-life balance? I've been saying, God, would you lessen traffic in London over years? It takes me ages to get around London. All of a sudden, we can get around London quite freely. I've been saying, God, would you make London more friendly? Now, I've seen little glints. We're not there yet. People have still got their defences and they, they still don't want to look at you. But I've been noticing a lot more people, as I've said hello to them, they've said hello back to me, and we've had this conversation. I've noticed that God is answering some of these little prayers. But what about those prayers? God, would you help me to spend more time in Scripture and in prayer? What I've noticed, many of us have been praying, God, would you break some of the idols in our culture? Would you break the idols of sport, of entertainment, of drinking culture? Overnight, God's answering our prayers. In one night, all the pubs are shut. And we pray that through this season, drinking culture in our city and in our community will be demolished in Jesus' name. We pray things like, God, would you make us more connected? And Lord, would, would people be more open to the gospel? Would we see more healings, more supernatural healings in our community, more salvations? And so these are some of my prayers. Um, Romans 8:28. it says this, In all things, God is working together for good for those who love him. Our hope is not that we just get through this season, Our hope is we discover some things that God has hidden for us in this season. In all things, God works together for good. So in this situation, God is working something for good. One of the things I've been asking is, God, what have you hidden for me in this moment that will not just stabilise me, but will cause me to flourish? What is the hope that you have for me at this time. And so I just want to invite you wherever you are, just, we're going to just invite the Holy Spirit just to come wherever you are and just ask the Holy Spirit, what have you hidden for me in this moment? God, in all things, you're working together for good for me. What have you hidden for me for your goodness? Just say, come Holy Spirit. Thank you, you give us hope in uncertain times. Let me just say, it's really weird speaking to a camera uh, when I haven't got an audience. So maybe there's someone out there that's, uh, that's been tuning in and been receiving the Holy Spirit. So if number one 
is if we're to lean into hope uh, during uncertain times. Number two is we think with clarity, not anxiety. Uh, we think with clarity and not anxiety. We think as a people of God with faith and not fear. That means we think biblically. The, as I said earlier, the Bible says in all things God is working uh, together for good for those who love him. What we want to do is we want to think with clarity and we meditate on those facts that God has good thoughts about us. He has good things for us. Uh, we think about the thoughts that God has for us. You see, the strongest weapon uh, of clarity against anxiety is the scriptures again. It's the word of God. I was wondering the last, the last 24 hours, what would it look like for our community to reduce anxiety for individuals? What would it look like for us if we reset our anxiety levels in this time? I don't know about you, but it's probably struck you already that anxiety is any imagination that has not been surrendered to the presence of God. I've just been thinking about that. Uh, let me just say it in another way. Anxiety is just using our imagination in a way that filters out God's love, God's goodness, God's presence. It filters out his care for us. And instead, we're invaded by the worries of tomorrow, the uncertainties. We're invaded by our thoughts, our, our questions in our, in our minds. We're invaded by the pools of our culture. You see, in its simple form, anxiety is just a form of fear. I'm, if you're anything like me, you've, I imagine you've had uh, your imaginations running wild the last few weeks. In the last few weeks, I've been developing new ways of potentially to be fearful. Just my imagination has just been, I'm creating new ways to be fearful. You see, anxiety can be unpredictable. One minute you're fine, and the next you're just swept along in, in a wave of debilitating emotional and physical chaos. Uh, for many of us, we've been taught how to handle anxiety as we, we, take deep, we close our eyes, we take deep breaths, we practice calm physical responses in our, in our body and in our minds. But anxiety doesn't just impact us physically. Uh, if anyone knows about this, it takes over everything. That's why we must partner with our physical responses with spiritual truths that help us shift our focus. Our minds have to find rest. And I want to propose that the Bible helps us recalibrate and calm our hearts and calm our minds. And so number one, the first thing that we can do to reduce anxiety in this time is we have to arm ourselves with the scriptures. Arm yourself with the scriptures when you're in the right state of mind so that when the attack comes, you're ready to fight. Memorize scriptures uh, that, you, that you can use as weapons when those waves of anxiety hit you. See, these verses remind us about the truth of God and we fix our eyes away from what's leading us into dark places. Let me give you a, a really fantastic scripture for homework this week. Um, take this scripture three times a day. Isaiah 12, 2 says this, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself, is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. 
one of the ways that you can memorize scripture is you can speak scriptures out. And so wherever you are now, let's read this again. I, I imagine these are on the screen. Is this on the screen? It's on the screen. Um, so where you are now, just with me, after three, we're going to repeat these. We're going to declare this scripture out. One, two, three. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Declare it. How powerful is that? We don't have to fear. We can trust God. He is the Lord. He's over everything. He can rescue you and I. He can, no matter how far we feel alone or isolated, he is there. Let me just say, God is really, really there. Jesus, his main teaching in his ministry, he talked so much about the kingdom of God. And for those of us who have been part of our community, you might have heard me say, Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God more than any other subject. He would say the kingdom of God is near. It's at hand. Uh, you, it's close. As born-again believers, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So do me a favor. Just put your hands in front of you. Just stretch out your hand. And just look at your hand for a moment. Jesus, bless this hand. With all the fear and uncertainty about our hands in this time. Jesus, I thank you that you have blessed my hand. And God, I thank you that you are no further away than an arm's length. You are really close at this time. And Lord, may my hands uh, be a blessing uh, to me and to the people around me, in Jesus' name. Kingdom of God is near. And so we have to fill our minds with these scriptures and these statements. We give God, when we do that, we give God permission to take the load off ourselves. We, take, we, we give God permission to take our burdened hearts, our anxious minds, and what he does is this great exchange. We offer him these things in our lives, and he gives us peace and rest. Repeating these statements when anxiety hits you will pass because repeating truths sets us free. It sets us free from the lies of anxiety. One of the things you may have to do is as you offer those to God, you may need to renounce of those lies that you've been, you and I have been believing. Uh, Viv, yesterday, she, last night, she made the, an amazing beef curry, an incredible beef curry. And she had all the ingredients. She put them in at the right, uh, the right quantity at the right time. And out of, out of all of this mix created this gorgeous, gorgeous beef, beef curry. I, I want to propose that in this scripture, God has placed all the ingredients in front of us for a successful mind. Um, forgive me for this statement. Uh, it's a slightly cheesy. But God has given us a recipe for anxiety. I didn't get any laughs. Um, in every situation, <laughs> by prayer and petition, what we do is we mix in prayer and petition with a dash of thanksgiving and we present uh, all of our requests to God. And what happens is the scripture says the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it's going to guard your heart and your mind. Okay, so, but we have a choice. It's our choice whether we hand all of our prayers, all of our petitions in every situation to God. I truly believe that when anxiety takes over our lives, it's simply because we've forgotten who God is. 
We forgot, even though our fears are out of control, I really want to say they're, in, uh, they're, they're still under his control. God's really close to you during this time. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, we had a number of people in our church, and we, we have a number of people in our church who, who need professional counselling beyond just pastoral support. People need professional counselling, therapy, psychotherapy. And we, Viv and I, we went to see a Christian group in London who could offer support for, for a number of people, a group of people that we had. And during this meeting, they mentioned that they offer supervision for pastors. And so Viv, um, Viv's also a pastor. Viv, Viv was excited, and she invited me to receive uh, some counselling too. Um, and so I met with one of their psychotherapists, which I just thought was an information-gathering session. And after the 50 minutes, he said this. He said, Steve, you're fascinating. I really want you as a client. And I said to him, Surely, isn't it the other way around? Surely I come to you and I say, can I have you as my client? But he was like, I really want you. You're a fantastic project, were his words. I didn't quite know what was going on. And I, <laughs> I went to this, per- and it was, he's, he's like a top Harley Street psychotherapist. Uh, he, he was offering it for free because of this project that he wanted to do for me. I think he wanted a challenge. And so every couple of weeks on a Thursday morning, I would walk up to Harley Street, passing all kinds of people who had to do with oncology or, or ladies with, you know, who just had their noses replaced or uh, who have had Botox in their face. And so it was really weird. I, I'd come out of these times just crying, and I'd see this lady with like this, uh, who'd just done a nose job, and it was a really awkward moment as we passed each other. But during this time, over this year with a psychotherapist, I realized that hurt people hurt people. And I realized that I had been hurt and damaged over and over and over again to the point where I just didn't know what safety looked like, let alone safety of love. Um, And so I don't know whether that's your story. Not that your wife coerced you into seeing a psychotherapist, but it might be that you've been so, so hurt by other people that you don't know safety anymore. I want, I want to say that in God you can find safety. It might be for the first time that this is a time, do you remember we talked about what has God hidden for you in this time? It may be in this time you can be vulnerable enough to trust him again to trust that his love is the real thing, that his grace is sufficient to cover you, to protect you, to provide for you, to look out for you. You see, Jesus' love never lets go. It's a love that won't ever leave us hanging. Jesus, our Jesus, he paid a heavy price for our freedom. He suffered and died to win your freedom, my freedom. During this time, I've just been thinking about when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and he was in anguish and the Bible says that he sweat drops of, glo- uh, drops of blood I really believe that Jesus sweat drops of blood so that fear anxiety, depression could be healed and I wonder whether this is a season where depression and anxiety and fear is just healed because we are captivated by this man Jesus so let's move on we're going to come into land now Verse 7 says this in Philippians. It says this. We make this exchange, and it says this. When we give God our anxiety, when we give God our stuff, 
He says this, now verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will not only guard your mind, uh, sorry, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I just want to offer this. Trade your anxiety for his peace today. Trade it. Would you take a risk and trade your anxiety to receive his peace? Okay, lastly, number three. Um, ask yourself non-anxious questions. This week, maybe these next couple of weeks, just become aware of the thoughts that you have in your head. Uh, I have a tremendous amount of negative thoughts that often come my way. And I've been aware that I need to begin, oh, I, 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 we need to flip those negative thoughts and use scripture. And so as a leadership team here, we're asking, what does this time make available for us? You know, it's going to be really easy to, to replace one level of busyness for another. It's really easy. Well, we're busy, and it's going to be really easy to say, well, let's just get busy in another, another method. And so, but as a leadership team, we're thinking, what are the opportunities that are hidden in this time for us to release? What are those things that we can demonstrate the kingdom of God with faith to, to those around us? But also, how do we begin to live like this as an individual and as a, as a team? What does it look like over the next coming weeks and days ahead? For Viv and I, our goals are to keep our church healthy, to keep our community strong, and to keep being a good friend to the city. We want to live out Hebrews 10.28. Hebrews 10.28, it reads this. It says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. And so we want to provide teaching for you, teaching for your families, helping engaged couples navigate weddings during this time. Do you know we have about 19 engaged couples connected with our church? They need a lot of prayer uh, navigating this season, don't they? We want to help you with your children uh, and your teenagers. So we're just thinking differently for this moment, keeping our mission the same, but we're thinking differently. How do we adapt our mission to this this short season in the life of our history. Let me just push it a bit more. Some of the things I'm asking is, what if this outbreak was the start of an outpouring? What if God uses this moment to turn something around in my life and in your life? What if? What if this moment was a bit like Paul's moment in lockdown? You see, the enemy was trying to keep him shut down and shut up. But God uh, it was going to use something that, th through Paul, was going to open up for him. What if th this was the greatest time in church history? And so this season, we're changing some things, uh, but we're not going to change everything. As you hear, uh, this is another thing we could do. As you hear uh, some of these anxious questions for yourself, just jot them down. And go to scripture with some of the things that we could replace those with. You might need to do a bit of digging. You might need to go on Google. You might need to ask a friend. I'm thinking this. What can I use to flip those anxious questions into non-anxious questions? Like I said at the beginning, this may change where we are, but it doesn't change who we are. What we're going to do in a minute is we're going to worship God again. And we're going to minister to each other. So I'm going to just invite you where you are, 
um, to open up your heart. Might be some of you, whoever's there, you might want to stand. Open up your heart, open up your hand. These hands are beautiful. God loves these hands. And we're going to pray together. And we're going to just carry on what we do around here. We're going to minister God's grace. We're going to believe right where you are that the Holy Spirit is going to be touching you. It's going to be bringing rest to anxious minds. So we release you, Holy Spirit, into homes and to hearts all around London and beyond. Say, come, Holy Spirit. Would you come? Increase your presence. We've had a few people um, just in our team today just give us some words of knowledge for things that are going on. Um, I'm just going to grab my phone if I can find it. Um, oh, thanks, Viv. We just want to read out a few um, words of knowledge that people have been emailing in or texting in, but also here as a, t- as a team. Um, a verse, Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots, others in horses, but we trust in the name of our God. In a, wor- in a world that is trusting infrastructure, governments, the economy, and the people who manage it, we have the Lord himself, the creator of all things, and our hope. Um, just going to read through some of these. Um, just bear with me. I believe there's someone here. You've got long-term illness. Uh, I believe that God is going to touch you and minister to you right where you are. We say, Holy Spirit, would you come and minister in Jesus' name? I pray for people that are suffering with migraines and headaches. Just Jesus wants to touch you where you are right now. And I command anyone who's got symptoms of coronavirus right now, be healed in Jesus' name. I pray as we worship now, our God of healer will come and minister to you. We say throats, headaches, symptoms be gone in Jesus' name. Our God is a healer, a God who loves you and cherishes you right now. Um, People with emphysema, it might be that you've got breathing conditions right now which aren't related to coronavirus, but just breathing conditions now, Jesus wants to heal. And so let the God of healer just minister to you as, as we worship together. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.